0: the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of Garanzes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time, this man had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus asked the man, what is your name? He said, legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside was a large herd of swine feeding. And the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So Jesus got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done For him, the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Take a chill pill. Calm down. Relax. Easier said than done. We seem hardwired to freak out when anxiety or fear take over. It's the fight or flight response we've been told. Like animals reacting to threats to their safety, it's natural for us to respond quickly too. So to stand back, to think rationally, take a breath, to practice meditation, these are all good things when we feel out of control. But our first response is to freak out. So when are your insides not so calm? And you'd do well to take a chill pill. I get that way when there's some technology glitch in some program or something on my computer I cannot figure it out after hours. Or when I rush too much. Or when I don't move in traffic or when I'm late for an appointment, or when my email box feels unmanageable, or when someone pushes my buttons and I forget that much of their unreasonableness or anger comes from their own place of pain or vulnerability. Today we join the Elijah story already in progress. Our lectionary has five weeks of Elijah narratives, but due to a late Easter, we join it in week four. Full disclosure, before I did some Elijah refresher work for this sermon, I think I would have failed a test on this most important figure, a significant figure in the Hebrew Scriptures. Not only is Elijah co-star at the transfiguration of Jesus, he ascended to heaven in a chariot of fire next week's reading. He's connected mysteriously to John the Baptist in the New Testament. Jews leave a place for him, an empty place for him at their Passover meals. And when we were in the Balkans just weeks ago, There were churches dedicated to him. They were called Saint Elias in Greek and Macedonia, Macedonian. And I had no idea that that was actually Saint Elijah. Before today's passage, Elijah is in charge calm, cool, collected, everything going his way. You could call him a super prophet. He confronts kings and followers of Baal, considered the false god of the Canaanites. He performs miracles, raises a dead child, and calls down lightning from heaven. But after Elijah kills the false prophets of Queen Jezebel, She makes death threats against him, and he flees for his life, fight or flight. He's filled with self-doubt. He thinks he might be better off dead. Oh my, was Elijah thinking of taking his life? Maybe from our 21st century perspective, he needs a chill pill, or a therapist, or some meditation, or some deep breathing, some reflection a dose of hope but Elijah's difficulties they lead to some amazing things first after feeling sorry for himself and getting it out of his system God meets Elijah where he is he falls asleep under a broom tree Mm, we get it when we're overwhelmed or depressed we just want to go to sleep too an angel comes, though, and gives Elijah a hot cake and some water and says, Get up! You have strength for your journey now. It reminds me of us coming to this table each week to receive energy and sustenance for our week ahead. And then next comes the part that Elijah is most known for, retold in countless sermons or hymns or images that you may recognize. It goes like this. God tells Elijah to go to the mouth of a cave for he is going to meet God face to face just like Moses did. Yet there's a big surprise. Elijah experiences an earthquake, wind and fire, but the Lord was not in any of those. Instead, God comes to Elijah in the sound of of sheer silence. Or the better Hebrew translation would be a gentle whisper. Or the words that some of us know are a still, small voice. After the storm comes calm, calm calm, what we so fiercely desire but often eludes us, inner peace, the sense that everything is or will be okay. the assurance that we're not alone and God is with us, holy chill. Mystics through the ages have spoken of a divine presence that comes in silence, in nothingness, in emptiness. Maybe that is why in our busy, frantic lives, so many of us are turning to our breath or to mindfulness or meditation or being in the moment. And after all this, Elijah is ready to go on with his calling. but then there's that gospel and all those pigs that I've never preached on, and I think I gave it to one of our other members when I was on vacation one year. (laughs) So only a few things about this strange wild man who's anything but calm. He tells Jesus that his name is Legion for the demons of his life and his own physical and psychological wounds are countless the text suggests that legion is not in his right mind yet jesus releases the demons and heals him previously he's been running around naked like a wild man and now the people see him clothed clothed and in his right mind and like elijah Legion re-enters life, telling everyone what the man called Jesus had done for him. Okay, I'm not exactly sure what being in our right mind means, but I do have a sense that mental illness is on a continuum, that it could happen to any of us, at some point in our lives? Or to say it differently, haven't we all been a little bit out of our minds at some point when stress takes over, when we fall crazy in love, when grief envelops us, or when we don't know whether we can make it through the night? There's less stigma with mental illness than decades ago, yet so much more work needs to be done. Churches should be safe places where we can be vulnerable, where we can accept and embrace one another, even when we're not calm, or especially when our lives seem out of control. Several weeks ago, our synod passed a resolution asking that congregations have resources available to assist people struggling with clinical depression and loneliness, and that they provide support for those who've lost loved ones to suicide, even as we join our denomination in its commitment to suicide prevention. No surprise that these days it seems that everybody's a bit out of control, especially in the political and social media sphere. We all overreact. Now there are injustices worth getting worked up about, but the stress of constant shock and constant anger cannot be sustained, It's not good for our bodies. What are we to do about these times in which we live? One Buddhist writer suggests that we need to practice equanimity, holding two things in tension at the same time. Non-binary things are very difficult, and this is as well. First, we need to simply accept that this is the way people are. And life is. Maybe in theology we would call it sin. Or in other places we call it the human condition. Life is unfair, and human beings often look out only for themselves and their own kind. Accept that reality. Chill out a bit. But then. But then from that calm inner place. Do everything to vanquish injustice and inequality with every ounce of your being. Hold them both. As a child, I loved the hymn that we will sing in a few moments. And I'll be so curious, maybe I should ask at the announcements, how many of you recognize it or grew up singing it? Back then, as a youngster, it was probably the music, the tune, the harmony that touched me. But in light of Legion, the wild man, and Elijah, and all of us who confront worry and stress, lines of the hymn jump out at me this day in new ways. In fact, let these words be a prayer for all of us, a prayer for some holy chill. Reclothe us in our rightful mind. Take from our souls the strain and stress. Speak through the earthquake, wind, and fire, O oh, still small voice of calm.